The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Cristiano Ronaldo bails out Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Man United yet again. Man City breaking the half-time deadlock against Bruges thanks to three second-half goals. Liverpool outclassing 10-man Atletico Madrid at Anfield. Chelsea taking all three points in Sweden against Malmo. Nuno out and Antonio Conte in at Spurs. Is this the right move for Spurs and for Conte? And what next for Newcastle United after Unai Emery declines an offer from the Magpies? That's we've got coming up in today's show. Okay, Rob, uh, we'll get on to the, mm. the, uh, the Tottenham chat a little later. Um, yeah. Of course, it's another midweek of Champions League action. Um, mm. We had a good look at both games on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. We're recording this on the Wednesday after the Liverpool game and the Man City yeah. games. Let's go back to yesterday, my friend. And the first game I'm going to talk about is Atlanta, Atlanta 2, Manchester United 2. Um, wow. Another one of those games, Rob, that the mm. United conceded first, um, struggled for large periods, particularly in the first half. But that man, that, well, I think he's a man. I'm not sure he's human, mm. but Cristiano Ronaldo again with some sensational football, sensational finishing to save the blushes of the manager and to keep them absolutely in the group to qualify for the knockout phases. Yeah, uh, to be honest, Robert, I think you've started this conversation off wrongly, though, I have mm-hmm. to say. Atalanta 2, Ronaldo United 2, because it's almost <laughs> like without this guy, Rob, we wouldn't be talking in the same way. They wouldn't be sitting... Uh, with seven points um, in, in, in the Champions League. They wouldn't be competing um, to, to go through the group stages. But, you know, we've seen in Premier League action, they wouldn't have the points they have. I mean, it's almost unbearable to think where this team would be without him, Rob. Um, when you add to that, that Rafael Verana, I'm hearing reports, could be out for up to a month with a hamstring. So an important player at the back missing. The reliance on Ronaldo at the front and the two goals, the, the Ronaldo performance, the Ronaldo headlines that shouldn't take away from what was a another disappointing performance from Manchester United. Mm. Um, we can continue to, to say how well Ronaldo's doing. We continue to say that, you know, oh, he's using things, maybe. Uh, but when you break the game down, we're, we're not far away from where we were pre the Spurs victory that, you still don't quite know what you're going to get from Manchester United, Rob, mm. even with the change of system. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 they stuck with the three at the back to start the game. Mm. Uh, Victor Lindelof, Rob, is out with a knock as well. So there was no centre-back on the bench to come in and, and stick with the three at the back. But it was it was three at the back. It was your four across midfield. So Pogba this time alongside McTominay. 
And then like a, a split three, really, of Rashford to the left-hand side, Ronaldo to the centre, and Bruno Fernandes to the right-hand side. And there's all these options that they can do now in this system. So that's how they started. And defensively, looked okay, looked strong early on. Um, but there was no football. There was no, there was no build-up play. They're very much on, on the back foot, just trying to fill spaces and fill holes. The insurance is there. Pogba, we'll get on talk about Rob, made a couple of mistakes. But he was, he was helped out by three centre-backs instead of two, which obviously left a little later in the game. So the system was the same to start with, but it quickly changed. Um, and, and, I mean, it's the same every single time, Rob. There's no, there's no point, really, going over. No. I mean, the game is exactly the same. It's, it's exactly the same. We've all known. Um, and, again, the, the lack of control, the lack of things we've talked about mean that Manchester United are at risk in, in every game they play. There's no comfort position with Manchester United in the, in the manner that they play that we see with other top sides. And Atalanta looked often more dangerous. Their, their play was better. Um, yeah. Zapata, the big centre-forward, mm, terrorised yeah. them at times, gave them all kinds of problems with, with, with his power running, with his skill, with his... Um, you know, goal threat in behind. I thought when even with the three he was playing down that left-hand channel between Juan Bissaka and, and Eric Bailly. I think it's Bailly's first start, something like first or second start all season, so he's not had much football. Uh, it looked a little bit rusty. I think it, it showed, we saw in, in, in the goals that, that were conceded. But, um, I mean, it's, it, it's a satisfactory result, Rob, but another kind of worrying day for, mm. for United in the the bigger picture of things of where this this football club is, and and I've heard Ollie sort of say that you know he's comparing uh, Ronaldo to Michael Jordan, so I'm assuming on that basis he's comparing himself to Phil Jackson. Which, <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. <laughs> you've got to have the coach. I mean, he can. Do, I mean, Ronaldo's goals, Rob, and the and the first goal of his is a lovely build-up play for Man United, and you know you you, you watch him struggle. We all know that they struggle a lot of times in games. And then a little bit of brilliance between the three of them. Mason Greenwood's first-time ball, the little back heel from Bruno, the touch and the finish from Ronaldo. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it's a lovely, lovely goal. And, and of course, mm. Ronaldo's second goal as well. Out of nowhere, you can't believe that he's oh. doing this stuff, really. Oh. Um, but, you know, just, just on other players, Rob, um, mm. big performers. And I know that Paul Pogba was caught out again by uh, Paul Scholes, the former United yeah. midfield player on, t- on television, talking about his performance in midfield. Maguire, Pogba, Rashford. Now, big players at the football yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? I mean, maybe uh, Maguire, we can talk about his injury. Did he come back too early uh, into the first team? Um, but Rashford and... Well, let's just start with Rashford, Rob. I know, I know again, I know he's been out for a little while, but... It, yeah. Is 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 Man United going to see, or when are they going to see the best of Marcus Rashford on a consistent basis? Um, I think part of that question is Rob that Marcus Rashford um, hasn't consistently played well for probably a season or so. We've seen him bits and uh, we see cameos for Manchester United. You see cameos for England. He's gone from an England starter. Guaranteed to probably now being on the outside of the first eleven. Yeah, mm. um, you know he's had injury problems. We know all about the work he's doing off field, and we've talked uh, uh, and praised him for some of the brilliant work he's doing uh, away from football. But we also got to talk about 
Marcus Rashford, the footballer, and be uh, honest and objective. And at the moment, it's not quite delivering. Now, I don't know if he's one of those individuals, Rob. I think he's still only just 24 years of age. So we have to also take that into consideration. He's had a lot of football, done a lot of things in an early stage. But I don't know if he's one of those footballers, Rob, who almost needs to find his position, play in his position and get some rhythm there. I played with some players who, when you move them around, they never quite settle. They do a bit of this and a bit of that. And um, I, I, there was a few players who I used to think need a position, need a pl- to play, get a rhythm, get some numbers, play in a certain role. Now, I know the modern game is very different and, and, and sent forwards and attackers are more fluid, but I never quite get the sense he's a good partner, Marcus Rashford. He's not particularly, I don't think, that good in a, in a two. Um, better... The best we've seen of him is when he's from that left-hand side coming in off, off um, to his right foot, which the moment was a spot for Jaden Sancho in the new setup. I'm not sure. Um, so I just feel he's a, like there's no set pattern for Marcus Rashford, and I don't think that's, ha- that's helping him. Mm. I don't think he's getting coached well enough, Rob. I, I would expect more. I think he's a type of player, Rob, that needs to be really showed, taught intricacies of, a, of an attacking player. Ogun Solskjaer should be the guy to do that. We are not seeing it after his two or three years in charge. We are not seeing Marcus Rashford reach a level that we've not seen before. Last coach, Jose Mourinho, not really the type to spend time with Marcus Rashford. All he's doing is throwing his arms up when Rashford makes a mistake, not getting taught there. Before that, Van Gaal, maybe... And again, this, of course, is on the player to, to learn and figure it out for himself. But I think Marcus Rashford would benefit from a, from a really smart, intelligent, patient, teaching coach to take his game to another level. To, so he gets more consistent, so that he doesn't have to find the game. The game comes to him. Positions he takes up. I don't know. Lots of small things. Like we're just seeing an inconsistent Rashford, like the team is inconsistent. Mm. I just mm. wonder with a different coach, whether it's a Pochettino. I don't know, a, a thoughtful coach, Rob, might bring his game forward. And any, do you think there's any so validity it, in that? There, there's absolutely validity in that. And um, he's probably, listen, are, are we going to see it under Ollie? Maybe he's not that type, although he was a striker. I'm not sure he, he, he's that type, whether in his play, his former play, or, or as, as a coach. As you, as you said, some of that also falls on a 24-year-old now who should start to be figuring things out. Yeah, it should but, be. But I, I, I get your point in terms of that rigour of going through training, learning where positions, knowing yeah. where to stand up. Ronaldo around there should, should be helpful on that. But, you know, it, it, it's eventually it comes down as also to Marcus Rashford. He, you know, if he feels that or his, his game isn't going, then between... Is it John McKenna who's involved and Michael Carrick who's involved and Mike Phelan who's involved? You know, I heard when, when was it Arteta was at Man City and took Sterling for work. And they right, said, you know, yeah, he, that he sort of thing. Out of Sterling. That sort of way, he's going to go yeah. out some one-on-one work in, in yeah. the afternoon. You know, it was, it, it, again, you look at that backroom stuff, I'm not sure how they work and who's the guy in there who can do that. But, you mm. know, it's a really valid point you make. Maybe he needs mm. that little bit of rigour because you've got a top-class 15 to 20 gold Premier League score in your ranks. But at the moment, you're not quite sure what you're going to get from him. And the disappointments at times are part of, 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 of that lack of consistency. It, it's not a team that relies on its style of play. 
So the individuals are going to have to do it. Their style of play is going to have to get you out the mire. And at the moment, mm. it's Ronaldo's finishing. Um, but beyond that, we're starting to, you know, it's starting to be a struggle. Just before we move on, uh, Rob, to other games, mm. let's just touch on uh, Paul Pogba. Um, played yeah. in the middle of the park, mm. which, you know, I think this weekend, Rob, we're going to do a little, we're going to do some little tactics session about the yeah. United's new system and what it means for certain mm. players. And there's no question that it can help Paul Pogba with his positioning. Uh, and his role in the team, because there's three centre-backs behind him. There's an extra insurance guy behind him for, for if he does make mistakes or he doesn't get back and defensively, which he should do, by the way, but can't guarantee that. Mm. He had one error that lit, nearly cost uh, a goal. He had yeah. another er- yeah. error yeah. that led to a led to a really dangerous ball coming in. <sighs> and we've done both on him, mate. Eh? I, I think we've yeah. supported yeah. him. You know, yeah. and we've 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 given him a hard time when we feel it's mm. right. We, other times we like give him a bit of a break. I remember you recently saying that he was always seems to be the whipping boy and yeah. always seems to be mm. the the player that people go to, and he's easy guy to criticise. Mm. Um, on the back of this one, Rob, did you is he is he helped his case or was it another no, disappointing it, performance? It, it didn't help his case at all, Rob. He he looked disinterested is probably too strong a word, but he didn't look like he was up for a Champions League game, Rob. It looked like it was a training game to him, mm, rolling casual, his foot and yeah. taking extra extra touches and being casual. And Paul Scholes, I, I saw the interview that, he, that he, he, he called him out and we know that, that you know, there's a certain number of the ex-Man United players who seem to, to want to jump on him. But I thought in, in, in a number of things, Scholes was right. And one thing that he said is, which I thought was interesting, when he was at Juve, he was surrounded by a lot of experienced players who prompted him, who got onto him, who made him get to mm. the top of his game. And he said, I'm not sure he's got those kind of players round him at Manchester United. And so he goes into games a little bit kind of relaxed and a little bit looser. Not, you know, I'll roll my foot over it, which you wouldn't get away with in, in proper, well-constructed, experienced teams. People would be on him, Rob. And, and um, managers will be on, on him, Rob. Yeah, managers, and, and man- yeah. You're Antonio right, yeah. Conte. We're going to talk about Antonio mm, Conte a little yeah. later. Antonio Conte had him at Juventus, mm, brought him mm. through. I mean, can you imagine Antonio Conte watching Paul Pogba trying to hold people off and roll his foot on the ball? And but is is the is the is the point that Paul Pogba wouldn't do that with Antonio Conte? Yeah, absolutely, the point. point. Yeah, because he'd probably do it once. He'd go absolutely crazy, nuts at him, Antonio Conte. Then you, uh, you wouldn't think he'd do it again. I mean, there are experienced players in this team, Rob, like Ronaldo now. Mm. Bruno, even Edison Cavani. I mean, the players that, that can absolutely yeah. give him a hard yeah. time. Shouldn't they be doing yeah. more? Or, or... Um, yeah, although you know, Cavani hasn't played that much. Bruno, um, I think, looks like he, he gets around people, puts a fire up them. I almost get the sense of, that Pogba's so big, world global star, yeah. World Cup winner. They let him get, they let him get on with it. It's a little mm. bit hard to, to, to do that. What you're not getting is back in the day, Robin, and I hate when we do the back in the day stuff, but but it's pertinent that when Steve Bruce, the player, was playing at Manchester United, and he was probably the least skillful player that Manchester United had, mm. let me tell you, he put a rocket up Keane, Ince, Beckham, Giggs, Scholes, who were all playing at the time, and he didn't mind that he, was, he wasn't the greatest player. His role mm. as captain was to make sure they were doing the job. And mm. that's where... I'd like to see a Harry Maguire step forward. Now, he's having a tougher time of it for himself that he probably is, is thinking, you know what, i just got to get my own game in order. Not, I ain't got time to even worry about anybody else, which leads us to the Maguire situation, Rob. And right now, in terms of form, 
Harry Maguire would be close to being droppable. Hmm. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it seems to me that he has to have a ton of games, a lot of rhythm, and then you start seeing him play at his best. Anything that yeah. knocks him off of that, and it seems to take him a while to get back and get his feeling for the game. And yeah, mistakes after mistakes. Um, but just quickly, it is back to the manager. We talk about players and not having to go at Paul Pogba or, or, or even the captain, yeah. but it does come down to the manager. The manager's got to be controlling and try and get the best out of these players. Um, but Ronaldo did it again, mate. I mean, that's three. Right. I think the last three Champions League games, he scored seven, seven points. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all the for seven, points. The yeah, seven points, points they've got are basically down to him, Ronaldo United. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right. Well, they're still going in the Champions League anyway. Um, Straight through. Um, To today's game, Rob, next on our list is Manchester City 4, Club Bruges Mm. 1. Yeah. Now, this happened today, same time. I watched the Liverpool game. Mm-hmm. Um, give, me a, give me a report. How they look? Yeah. So, so I got a, a good look at this one. So City, Club Bruges, um, we beat them, I think, 4-0 in, in the first game. Um, you're expecting them to, to kick on. They got the first goal after um, playing well. Foden gets the goal. And then a few minutes later... A little bit of sloppiness with their defending. Really didn't defend a, a ball into the box and, and it comes in and deflects off John Stones into the back and that 1-1. And then there was a little period of City not being clinical and clean with the passing. I think we've seen it a couple of times, the City, where it's like oh, it's a little bit slow, a little bit allowing the opposition to get behind the ball. Um, and we got into half-time at 1-1. And, and I, I would imagine Pep would have had a few words to say about speed of play, about the movement, about combinations that, that weren't really there. And then we, we, we saw what we expect from City. Um, three goals in the second half, better goals. All The, the three second half goals, well, most virtually all the goals, were, were almost courtesy of what you'd expect from City. Somebody getting to the byline, cutting it back in a six-yard mm. tap-in. So, you know, Foden got one, Morris got one, Sterling got one, Jesus got one. Um, so they got the, 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 the result. I mean, Bruges were never really uh, serious contenders to win the game. I thought a couple of interesting things, Rob, were the timings of substitutes. So Jesus came on for, for Grealish in around the 68th minute. Sterling came on for Mares just uh, around that time as well. And then uh, Bernardo Silva came off. Kevin De Bruyne came on. So I got the sense there was a... Certainly once the game was won, there was a thought towards the Manchester derby at the weekend. Mm. Pep was looking at things there. It it kind of feels like good City are going to score goals and beat teams. And the days when we talked about that football just isn't right, that lack of striker might Mm. be something that might come to bite them, Rob, over the course Mm. of a season in Champions League or in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, that result puts them in, in good shape. I mean, it's still a, a tight group yeah. right now. Man City, nine points. Mm. Second is PSG with eight points. Bruges, third yeah. with four points. And Leipzig, somewhat surprisingly, just with one point. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I looked across. I, I've got games going on a little bit. And I yeah. just saw it's 1-1 for a little while. I thought, wow, I might have to mm. focus on the Man City. I thought it might be a story there. Yeah. But soon after that, 
Um, obviously, they scored and, and, and that was it. Um, yeah, yeah. So just taking, let's go forward, mate. Manchester United versus Man City. Uh, mm. Coverage begins on Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time on NBCSN, the Manchester Derby. Um, let's just get straight into the odds, mate. I've got some uh, odds here from our friends, points yeah. bet. Um, so Man City, not surprisingly, a favourite. So Man City to win is minus 143. The yeah. draw is plus 290. And mm. the outsider of, the, of this uh, this bet is Man United win at plus 360. It's um, quite big odds in a two-horse race, no? It is quite big odds. And, and I think we know that Man United are capable of, of spectacular moments. Or we mm. see it almost every week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just given what we know now, Rob, after you know the last this last yeah. couple of days and, and and the last couple of weekends in the Premier League, is it that close? Is it? Do you fancy Man United can go there and win? I mean, what, what we don't know what to expect from Manchester Trafford, United. Yes, yeah. yeah, at Old Trafford, yeah. Yes, at, uh, United at home, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe without go, but... maybe without Rafael Varane. Yeah, and without Varane. And Lindelof. I mean, if Lindelof's not mm. fit, I mean, we're going to do a lot of talking about the three-man defensive line. Yeah. If Lindelof's not fit, they haven't then got the players to buy, do it. Buy they buy in Maguire. It's a two, only a, two centre-backs. Unless they put a Matic back there, Rob, as a, you know, something like that, or, or even maybe a Luke mm. Shaw Luke as Shaw a left side. Left side. Yeah, he's done that maybe. before now. Maybe. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's not maybe an option. Generally, I have to say, um, Ollie's been a man with a plan, hasn't he, in these big games? He's come up with something. He's generally sat deep. He's had his pace in the wide areas. He, he's hurt teams. Whether I can remember the likes of City. I remember Spurs game uh, where, where he, he's pulled something out. I mean, it's interesting. So we've got this possible change for United. We talk about three at the back and how that might suit them. We've got the false nine from City that on good days is great, but on other days, I mean, three Premier League games now, City have failed to score, Rob. I think he only yeah. failed to score in three all last season. So it shows wow. that, that, you know, that that's going to that's gonna be part of, of the conversation if City don't win games. Um, but what, what my, my feeling is, City will possess so much ball, they're going to test that back line. And depending on how that back line holds up, mm. I can see City creating enough chances to possibly go and win the game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, mm. if they if they had Varane playing, Rob, and they were, and they played with this three slash five at the back, because yeah. it will be five at the back, and it'd probably be mm. five, four, one, because yeah. that's basically what it looked like in the, the Atlanta game, uh, Rob. Yeah. You know, when they didn't have the ball, they dropped right back. And I think that could frustrate City... And we know they've got the players on the break. Ronaldo, maybe Rashford, Greenwood, uh, Bruno, of course, to hurt them on the break. The only the other factor is for Man City is Laporte is suspended, got sent yeah. off in the last game. Yeah, so yeah, John Stones game, will yeah. probably come mm-hmm. in. And John Stones is one of them. Yeah, he needed a game. He scored the own goal today. He needed the game. He needed 90 minutes in his legs, you, you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he'll, I'm assuming he'll start centre-back. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I just think I, without Varane, you know what? If Varane would have been fit, Rob, and we and we'd have seen yeah. a similar lineup to the last weekend against Spurs, I think I would have tipped him United. Yeah, I would fancy yeah, him. I know what you mean. But now, given the changes back there and Maguire not playing great, who knows where Pogba's going to be playing? If he's going to be playing in this game, mm. I, I think I think you'd fancy City to find a way through with the do odd you, goal. Do you see a partner for Ronaldo with a two, Rob, or do you see maybe three underneath him as the main man? Do you, I mean, Cavani, you know, I think got a bit of a knock at the weekend and, and uh, was sub uh, Champions League. Would you see them, him going back to Cavani and Ronaldo? 
with, with, with maybe Bruno being that assist underneath? No, I don't. I don't. I think uh, he will go for pace. I think he'll go for pace. I think Ronaldo and yeah. Cavani, when they are going to be seeing very little of the ball, when they mm. win it in transition, they, they want some quicker okay. players. So maybe a Rashford, maybe mm. a Greenwood. Greenwood. Mm. But this is where this is where the different systems hard to get them all inside. Yeah, you know, you, you have to play slightly differently. Then you have to put Bruno into midfield to play Greenwood mm. and Rashford and uh, and Ronaldo up front. You know, I don't know. What do, mm. I'll throw one back to you. Does he start Paul Pogba? If so, where? Suspended, isn't he? Paul sent Pogba. Off. Yeah, he got sent off, didn't he, against Liverpool? Oh, he did. Sorry, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he got sent second off. game. Second game. Yeah, second game of three. Second game suspension, yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah, so he so won't be playing. So that, it's been McFred. Yeah. Be McFred in midfield. Be McFred, which I think he would prefer to go with, to be honest. I think he'll go with McFred because of the, the opposition having so much ball. I think they're better set up. The two mm. wing-backs either side, based on, we don't know, the three. Van der Beek came on, Rob, last yeah. 10 minutes or so at the weekend. Jaden Sancho came on last time. So, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, the, that's a lot of money spent for two players who are not going to be part of your team when you need them. I mean, mm. Sancho's got a bit of pace, can, can, can mm. maybe offer something from a wide position. Feel less Van der Beek's going to be able to, to outlodge one of those midfield players or Bruno in that, that middle position. But, mm. you know, at some point you think, well, he's got to, he's got to give Sancho an, another, another dip at it, hasn't he? Mm. I think off the bench. I think Van der Beek and Sancho. Mm. I mean, Sancho, again, tons of money, loads of money on a player yeah. that doesn't look like he's ready to be a consistent performer for the team. So Van der Beek and, and Sancho probably off the bench. Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of an, I think it's kind of open. I, I think City are more grooved, more consistent. Mm. United have got some issues with some players suspended. Varane's a big miss. I, I think City can go there yeah. and, and win it narrowly. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just worry about Maguire's sort of mental state and his his fitness at the moment, especially with Varane missing. Not sure mm. which partner's going to have it. That's Baye. Then you know, they, they, I just think Varane gives him a bit of leadership and a little bit of calmness back there. So um, yeah, it's a big one to call. It's going to be a big game at, at Old Trafford, seven a.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. We'll be ready for that one. Um, looking forward to it, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of, you know, it, it potentially title-defining in some ways. Speaking of title-defining competitions, mm. the world's best thoroughbreds are heading to Del Mar, California for the Breeders' Cup World Championships. And i got to say, I went to Del Mar, California, your neck of the woods, Absolutely, in the summer. I, I, I watched some horse racing. What a lovely spot that is. What a lovely track. What, what a lovely little vibe in the Del Mar race circuit i just had the best time um anyway they'll compete in 14 championship races worth 31 million dollars in purses and awards you sound surprised that del mar in california is going to be so beautiful and i'm also (laughs) a question to you i mean football i suppose is is your number one but then golf racing is there anything else you're not formula one is there anything else you're not involved (laughs) with Well, I happened to be in California and the racing was there. And I, you know what? I said to my wife, let's go and have a lovely little day out, put a few little bets on, a couple of, you know, cool drinks. It was uh, quite the day, quite the day. This but is, yeah, it's, well, race, horse race is down, down the list for me, mate. It's all about golf and Formula One after football. This is the big one as, as well, mate. Each racing season ends with just one finish line, the Breeders' Cup World Championships. It's the one event every horse, every jockey, every trainer, every owner across the globe has their sights on. 
You can catch all the action live on November the 5th and 6th on NBC Sports. So check out breederscup.com backslash 2021 to learn more. So that's breederscup.com backslash 2021 to learn more. Now let's move on to another thoroughbred who was in a two-horse race today against an athletic team that we know are motivated or streetwise or managed by a man with a real drive and enthusiasm uh, to get the job done. But I know you were watching this game closely, my friend, and it looked like to me Liverpool put the fire out on Athletic. Well, they they did, but it took a bit of time. And I think the opening, uh, I, I thought, and we'll go on. To, we did see a red card. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. But it was physical, Rob. It, I mean, it was physical. Atletico Madrid want, mm. wanted to disrupt Liverpool, of course. Anfield, big atmosphere. We know that between these two teams, no love lost, really. You know, they're very different. The managers are very different. There was a talk last time about Simeone never shakes hands with any Thank manager, you. which I, I still think's like, what? What? Like, you know, who who doesn't shake hands after a sporting match? So I, I'm a, I, I can't stand that kind of philosophy from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Joe Jota played up front, Rob, Manny to the left, Salah to the right. We had Henderson, Fabinho and, and Oxlade-Chamberlain, the extra guy in midfield. I always think Liverpool looked more solid when Fabinho was there. Yeah. And then yeah. Henderson to the right-hand side, another leader, runner, conscientious midfield player. Oxlade-Chamberlain, to be fair, had some good moments, Rob. It's not always been easy for him at Liverpool. Yeah. Um, some good moments early on. He hurt himself a little bit in the second half. <clears throat> He got subbed out later on, but I thought he did okay. But Diego yeah. Jota gets the first goal from a a world-class cross from Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, what can you say? You're not surprised, Rob, when he, with that right foot, just how good he is with it, how accurate he is with it. I mean, a first-time ball, one of those sort of, you know, like, it's the type that, that Henderson tries to hit sometimes, the old first-time yeah. one in behind. It was a yeah, yeah. it was a beautiful cross. It bounced up. Jota goes in there where he wants to be behind the defenders, in between the goalkeeper and the defenders. Again, a fantastic cross. He nods it in to make it to make it one 0 Sadio Mane scored after twenty one minutes to make it two 0 We had offside. I mean, goals disallowed. Yeah. Um, and then we had this this red card. <clears throat> Felipe. Yeah, uh, I didn't see that. Great, yeah, I saw. Mm. So a gr- aggressive player um, right through the centre of the pitch for Atletico yeah. Madrid. Thirty seventh minute. He uh, he stops counterattack basically in Liverpool's own half. Sadio Mane picks a ball up, runs yeah. away from Felipe, who deliberately brings him down. Deliberately, mm. he did have his foot up, his studs up, but he, it was a trip more than a hack yeah. or a real yeah. forceful, forceful mm. uh, challenge. And the referee blows a whistle, and everybody watching the game anywhere thinks, "Oh yeah, definite yeah. yellow card." Yeah. He's stopping, you know, unsporting behaviour. He's, he's running away. Anyway, he tries to bring Felipe back to him <clears throat> to give him the yellow card, and he wouldn't really come back. So if referee gets closer and gets more angry and angry. Anyway, when he pulls out a card, it's a red card. It's a straight red, Rob. And I, I mentioned it on social media, and people say, well, he, you know, one's for the tackle, one's for, for um, you know, talking back it? to ref descent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, well that would be two yellows. It was a straight red. So straight yeah. red can only be for violent conduct, serious Bad foul conduct. play. Yeah. Foul and abusive Benji. language. Foul and abusive mm. language. Might he might have said something yeah. abusive mm. to the referee? Red yeah, card yeah. may yeah, have been possible. that. I mean, there's also, and I mentioned it on, on the, in the tweet that I put out there, that it kind of was a studs up trick, Rob. Again, no force. Yeah. 
It's not. Yeah, it's, yeah. I am not yeah. saying it's a red card for sure. Absolutely mm. not. Yeah. But it, it might. The referee might have seen that where his stud is up. The studs go into the back of his car, mm. his Achilles tendon, and it, it was a bit, a little bit endangering the safety potentially. But again, yeah, nobody yeah. thought that. It's just a bit of a weird one. And to be fair, let's go with Had a bit of a rally up, Rob. They had a bit of a rally mm. up after that. He had a couple of little close calls. Disallowed goal with uh, Luis Suarez. Deflected shot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that was offside. But then a little later, it was easy. It was easy. And the game was pretty much done. There was, there were situations where they could have scored more goals. Um, but that was it. That, that was your story, the red mm. card. And I wish we'd have seen it at halftime or afterwards to get a bit more sense of why that was given. We didn't get to see many yeah. replays, um, but it was a very comfortable day for Liverpool and top of the group, aren't they? 12, yeah, 12, 12 points. points. Top of the board. Po- yeah. Yeah. Porto on five. Mm. That's going to be doing on fourth and, and then. so the job done. Top of the group, yeah. job done, well Absolutely done. Can 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 take it easy on match days, uh, the remaining match days. So yeah, pretty comfortable at the end where it could mm. have been a really nasty, awkward, difficult night, but the red card changed everything, and that really did knock the stuffing out of the out of the Athletic Madrid manager and players. I did listen to the Jurgen Klopp interview after, and, and he All said right. a couple of things yeah. that I, I thought were, were were good. He said that you know. They're more streetwise and will play uh, a certain way. We have to play our game and play to our skill set. And he said, in the main, we did that. Didn't get caught up in things. Talked about the mm. referee and just said he felt he had to take Sadio Mane off, I think it was. Uh, yeah, he had a yellow card. Yeah. Yellow card. He said, I just worried about the referee yeah, and that he might want right. to do something. It was a really good call. Uh, yeah. So it seems like, yeah, it was one of them where you're not quite sure with the referee. You talked about the challenge. He talked about, you know, whether it's a European view of those challenges, it's sometimes different from what we would we would see yep. in the Premier League, and whether it's seen as more dangerous with the studs up. Um, but yeah, obviously the the, um, the the man sent off changes things for Liverpool. But it looks like Liverpool are in good shape, Robin. As you were talking, and you were you know you 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 the, the Fabinho's, the Hendersons, the Van Dykes. I'll chuck the Milner in there in terms of dressing room and that. When, when we when we just spoke of, of Manchester United, you know, and I, I know it's not a direct comparison, but there's a different culture at Liverpool that if Paul Pogba was dropped into that culture, he'd be different because the dressing room's different, the people in are different, the voices in there are different. And that's something that Ollie's got to find in his Manchester United group, not just the football, not just the way of playing, not just the coaching, but the culture where when you go in that team, there's a certain standard. And if you drop below that standard, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've won or what salary you're on, you're going to get it like anybody else. Who sets the culture at Liverpool? Yeah, the manager. Obviously, it comes from the, from the man. Who used yeah. to set it at United back in the day? And, and, and it shouldn't be all about the manager, right? No, and, no. and of course, players have got their own responsibility mm. when they cross a white line, etc., etc. Cliche, cliche. But it it does come from from the gaffer, yeah. from the manager, and, and how he sets up training, what he lets you get away with during the during the week in match days. But no, you're absolutely right there, mate. The culture is really good one. The fans are behind the team defensively. I was watching because they've been a little bit leaky, potentially leaky. Yeah, Liverpool, yeah. obviously, the Brighton game where they got played through a little bit and conceded the two goals. Yeah. No evidence of that. Again, ten men helps, doesn't it? But that that's the thing. Now the weekend, Rob, they've got they're at West Ham. On Sunday. Yeah, way at West Ham. Mm. I mean, that, after watching West Ham this last weekend, I couldn't be more impressed with it at the moment. That's a game. That's a so game. That's a, that's a proper test now, isn't it? West Ham, 
at London yeah. Stadium is now a proper test of the Premier League. And we haven't said that for, for a few years, you know, with West Ham sort of being up and Long down, time. didn't know what you get. This, this, yeah. this is a proper test now for, 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 for Liverpool. And yeah. it was one of them, Rob. You wouldn't be that surprised if West Ham came away and won it. Well, they're strong. They're strong. Mm-hmm. They, won't, they won't give away much. Those the, the, All players work their socks off. All mm-hmm. players. Ben Rama, Bowen. Yeah. Antonio. Fennels. Mm. Fennels. Yeah. Rice and Suchek. Mm. Tell me a better midfield pairing in the, in the Premier League. There probably is one, but actually, I don't know if there is. Honestly. The two, ro- the two pop from the two Robbies, my friend. The two Robbies. Great partnership. Yeah. Um, so, love love West Ham at the moment. And that's going to be a brilliant game. Of course, we'll report yeah. on that on our, yeah. on our show on Sunday. Okay. Next game is Chelsea, my friend. I watched this one. Yeah. The Malmo Neil. Yeah, Chelsea won. This one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Siak got the goal, 56 minutes. Um, yeah. A couple of things to, to point out, but I'll let you go first. Mm. Uh, well, first of all, I, I, it's Chelsea do what they do well in a professional way. They got the job done. Clean sheet again. Uh, professional in the way they went about yep. their business. There was a lot of talk, um, and, and I was interested that Klopp, uh, Tuchel came out, sorry, and, and praised his, his number two. But I see it's Arno Mikels, I believe. Ah. Who said to him in the second half about changing Hudson Adoy and Ziek? So Hudson Adoy started underneath Havertz on the right, left, on the left oh, hand it? side, the left hand yeah. side, and Ziek on yeah. the left. So it's, they're sort of inverted number tens playing on, on, underneath a, a main striker. Apparently, the, 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 his assistant was watching the game and said, "We'd be a bit better to put Hudson Adoy on the right hand side because his pace we might get him down that left hand side." And put Ziek on the right. What happens? Hudson Adoy makes a clever move, gets down on that left hand side, plays a lovely ball into the far post, and who's there? Ziek yeah. to score the goal. And yeah. Tuchel said, I've got to give credit to, to my assistant. Now, again, we don't have to want to make comparisons to it, but that's what a good number two should be doing to the manager all the time, Rob. Just mm. giving him thoughts and have you thought about this, Luke? Now, the manager, in the end of the day, makes the call, and that doesn't happen if the manager doesn't want it to happen. But I think mm. that's important that your backroom staff are challenging the guy who's there because there's nothing worse sometimes than sitting on, on the on the sideline. I manage uh, some reserve team football, nowhere near the pace, nowhere near the uh, importance of Premier League. But I tell you what, when the game's going on, Rob, sometimes you get caught up in it and, you, and, you, and you're missing things. You don't yeah. see some of the things that are going on in the periphery. It's interesting because Hudson Adoy from the left hand side where he started out, the theory is that you receive the ball, you come in on your strong foot and you and you shoot from inside, basically. Yeah. Same thing with Zirk on the left hand side. I guess it, if he's saying, you know what, they're they're pretty strong. Malmo are pretty strong in the middle. Mm. Maybe there's a little bit the more outside. vulnerability to the outside, and that doesn't suit those two players on their weaker foot. So there was a switch. Yeah, mm. it was a brilliant ball in from Hudson Adoy, right foot, just bent it yeah. between the goalkeeper. A little bit different to Trent Alexander Arnold's, but same kind of idea between defenders and goalkeeper. Zirk's there for a simple tapping. So yeah, another player, Rob, I thought was interesting, me and you to have a, a little chat, is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Mm. Started the game alongside yeah. Jorginho, and yeah. we, had, and we, he's kind of been on loan, he's had his injury issues, mm. and I think we both agree, and most people in the game agree, that he, he's got, he's got in terms of tools, I think you said it before, yeah. um, I mean, he's got great physicality, he's well over six foot tall, he's built strong, great feet, good vision, I mean, can tackle... And what I'm going to say about him in this game, Rob, is that I saw something that I've not seen before, and that was yeah. a a hustle, a mm. hustle, a close down, and then go again, and then make a tackle, and then jump up and go again. 
That's what he's got to do. There's a central midfield player in this Thomas Tuchel side. You can't just rely on your feet or your ability to pay a ball or getting forward into mm-hmm. the box and getting ahead of which he can do. You've got to be a general. And that's what Kovacic's done so well. That's what Jorginho's done so well. Kante, of course, is that type of player. And he's not the same type of player as uh, Loftus-Cheek. But Loftus-Cheek's got to be more of a general. And I saw it. You know, now mm-hmm. whether... This, I mean, in some ways, this is his last chance, isn't it, Robert? At the big time at Chelsea. At this, at this club, yeah, at this club, you, you feel. But people still tell me, and you know, I've got people who, who are around the, the scene in London still tell me that I think Tuchel quite fancies him. I believe that Tuchel thinks he's a player in there, and, yeah. and that you know, the size and, and the things he can do are game changers, or, or you know, a big midfield player in there with good feet who can go box to box, can make things happen, and as you say, will hustle. You know, Patrick Vieira, Patrick Vieira was a beautifully technical footballer, but he didn't know hustle. He had an unbelievable way of fighting and winning for that ball and that fire in his belly. Yeah, and if yeah. in the joy can get a little bit of that in him. I mean, Chelsea have, have got a real fan. And it was interesting, Rob, because having looked at, at, at the team that, that was out there, I, I thought to myself, what Tuchel has got, whether he likes it or not, and I'm, I'm sure as a manager, it's the best thing. He's got real competition now. Alonso was in, 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 the, in the full-back position, so the Chilwell. But Chilwell's been playing well, scoring goals. Aspilicueta came in at, at, on, at the right side instead of Rhys James. You know, for Ziyech and, and Hudson-Odoi, it's minutes on the pitch. One made the goal, one scored the goal, but I've got to keep playing well. Pulisic and uh, Barkley came on, Rob. 15 minutes, Pulisic had a little run, goal offside. But, you know, you get in this Chelsea team now, you've got to perform and put, make the most of your opportunity. Because you've got to think, Kante, Kovacic, Lukaku, Mount and Werner were not involved in the team. It's a great squad. It's a great squad. Kai Havertz, again, I like him as a number nine. I want to see more consistency and more drive and desire from him. But again, I always like to watch him playing up front. And, you know, going back to that, Rob, isn't it a nice team to come into if, if you are a Pulisic now or if you're yeah, a Loftus-Cheek? Yeah. The, the stability, the foundation is rock solid, mm. rock solid. You said it right at the start, Rob. Professional. They were comfortable. You know, they, there's other chances they should have taken, but this the, the mm. foundation that he, that he did from day one, from blimmin' day one, and you can, we're going to go on to talk about uh, Spurs next. I think Conte had do the same thing. Three at the back. Mm. Here's the wing-backs. This is what we're going to do. There's a little bit of variety in midfield and up front, but this is going to be our foundation. And that's benefited every single player. Every single player, because they ain't got to worry about doing extra stuff. I I do my job well. I know that everybody else is going to do their job well. And, and that makes it easy for players. Christian Pulisic, finally, yeah. finally playing again now. Got to stay fit. Got to skip knocking on the door. Again, it's like he's out throughout his Chelsea career. He's got to kind of do it when he's got an opportunity to do it. He will get opportunities given the competitions that are in. Um, but it is a great squad. And Pulisic being back is something a little different. Very different to Siak. Very different to Werner. Similar to Mount, I suppose, in some ways. With that, but probably better in, in, in terms of... More change taking, of pace, hasn't he? And yeah, change of pace. Taking people on inside the yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... That's good. That's good. Good look for Chelsea. And, and yeah. it was 1 0. It may be the most comfortable 1 0 rub I've seen for a long, yeah. long time. Really comfortable for Chelsea. Uh, I think really it's just win, win or draw now, isn't it? Against Juve next time out guarantees them um, a spot, I believe. Yeah. So you, you, you've Yeah, they're going to be fine. Yeah, they, they'll be fine. Zenit 3. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Um, let's move on to more domestic matters, my friend. Oh, what a story. Podcast, 
Um, there continues to be major stories in, in the Premier League, not not least at, at Tottenham Hotspur. So I think before we last spoke, it was on the Sunday that there was a meeting between Daniel Levy, Paratici and the board and that, you know, it looked like, and as I said, I, I couldn't see where Nuno goes from here. Where he went was to pick his, his check up and, and, and clear his desk. Um, so Nuno was out. You got the sense that they weren't move, moving Nuno out with not, without knowing the man they were going for. And right. it's obviously a relationship between Paratici and, and um, yeah. Antonio Conte. From the Juventus days, that sort of took maybe just over 24 hours. The news was coming out and all of a sudden um, Spurs have on the second occasion, didn't get him in the summer, but on the second occasion, they've got their man in Antonio Conte. Yeah, just a, a quick line for Nuno, Rob, where, I, 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 you know, it, it's it's not, it, you can't blame Nuno for anything here. It's just, it was poor. It reflects worse on Daniel Lee than it does than on Nuno. Just the whole yeah. hiring and firing um, but you, you're absolutely right. You'd have to think. Conversations have been going on days, weeks, maybe even months, Rob. Maybe even months. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the paraticia is always trying to get him from the very first day he took over as, man, as director of football to this day that he's actually got him. So he's here now. Um, just wanted to get your reaction, Rob. And we talked about it on the Monday show. I was in with uh, Paul Burmeister. Danny, was hosting, hosting Danny, Danny Higginbotham yeah, was in the yeah. gym. And we had yeah. kind of differing views, really. Like different first reactions to it i'm and we'll get into some details but i'm i'm yeah. excited by it i'm excited yeah. by it i think it's what the club needs i think yeah. the club absolutely right now needs a fire up its backside yeah. he wants to absolutely. be shaken to the core which is going to be um but danny was just not so convinced about the fit about the money that he's used before to be successful that yeah. it, he's probably going to butt heads with daniel levy um, that was more Danny's side of it, which is a different yeah. take, and it's a it's a different it's a take. That I've heard actually, you know, of course, in other circles in analysing yeah. this this disappointment. Mm. Um, where do you where he's, do you sit? He, he's not. I mean, if Mourinho was sort of an outlier from what you'd expect of a normal Spurs type manager, then Conte is right out there, and I think that's where some people think like that this ain't going to work. I think, and he's got an 18-month contract, which is really interesting. So, I believe Thomas Tuchel came from PSG to Chelsea. Same time, 18-month contract, which I think is perfect, by the way. Let's have a, let's have a look at each other. He's going to have a look at the team. They're going to have a look at you. Yeah. We're not going to be ready yeah. to down a four- or five-year deal where it starts going wrong, we're stuck and we've got big payments. And I think whatever happens, Rob, good, bad, or indifferent, yeah. with Antonio Conte, Spurs will be better for him being at the football club. Because guess what? Spurs have got a soft centre. And it's been there from the, 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 the end of, of Pochettino. Mourinho tried to address it in his way and then turned to Mourinho's normal style. That couldn't do it. Nuno um, comes in and tries to do it in his way. Didn't have the backing, didn't have the clout, wasn't able to make the, 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 the significant moves. This guy will come in and this, this football club will change. Let me tell you, this dressing room from yeah, totally. whenever he totally. walked in yesterday has changed. Yeah. It's totally changed. All the banter, all the thing will change. He will change it, Rob. We've been in, in around dressing rooms where players can change things or managers. This guy will totally change for the better. This is now serious business. My worry is, and I know we'll talk about 
him spending money and whatever it is. I saw Paratici did an interview today and said, like, we've got a lot of faith in the group that we've got and we think there's more can be done from them, which yep. kind of tells you, I don't think they're going to give him a war chest, or certainly in the early days. I think they feel that this group of players can be doing better, better set up, et cetera, et cetera. I worry for his back three. I worry that the back three that he's going to want are not in yes. this football club. No, one is. There's not an Aspilicueta. There's not a Gary Cahill. There's not a John Terry. There's not a Giorgio Chiellini or Brazzali yeah, yeah, or a Bonucci yeah. that he's worked with before. Christian Romero. Christian Romero will yeah. be, mm-hmm. obviously, the Italian mm-hmm. connection and it's a yeah. uh, Pratici signing. I mean, I, I've got a predicted lineup in front of me here. And yeah, he's got Davison Sanchez and Eric Dyer. Now, if there's, if there's, I mean, in, in Eric Dyer and in Ben Davis, time's up. Time's up, mm. I'm afraid. I mean, I, I, the, he is going to want to change a lot of this team, Rob. But he is going to go in initially. And I've said the story on, uh, on the air on the weekend. I'll tell it again quickly right now. I watched one of Antonio Conte's first training sessions. Wow. I went to, to, to rally North Carolina. Juventus were playing a preseason friendly there. I was there commentating on the game for another network. And I, it was uh, Paratici signed Antonio Conte in the May of 2011, yeah. I think it is. 2011, this is, 2011 this yeah. Right, and this is the June. This is the June. So he's had a month in the job. I sat and watched training the day before at the, uh, the training facility they used. And I watched for 40 minutes. I said it on air when the game was going on. I watched for 40 minutes, and I watched 40 minutes of shadow play. Of shadow play. Mm. And for those who don't know what that is, it's basically the starting 11 on a full-size pitch with no opponents. So the goalkeeper, I think it was Buffon back then, rolls the ball out, goes into midfield. Okay, we want you to go to Licksteiner. Licksteiner, how about you at the striker? Drop it back, and then we go over there. And then you end up with a shot or a cross. All right, he back goes back again. Okay, this time we're going to the left side, into Perlo, into Marquisio, you know, into the striker, switch it over there, boom, boom, boom. Okay, for 40 minutes, solid. Mm. Setting patterns of play, basically. Repetition, and- repetition. Repetition, muscle memory. I I, yeah. I work on the game next day, Rob, with my, with, in commentating. Mm. Obviously, from a great position, I'm like, in the game, I'm like, yeah, this is it. Saw it all yesterday. Saw it all yesterday. The, team's, the team was already starting to find a groove, Rob. Mm. It, it, it kind of knew what it was doing, flicking the ball around corners, and the player ready for it, because they've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Licksteiner, on his bike on the right-hand side, switch the ball over to him, because they've done it, into Luca Toni, back in. It, it was... It was I mean, listen, it's nothing, nothing rocket science, nothing that yeah, others yeah, haven't yeah. done before, but that's what he's going to do. That, and did you, did you yeah. read the um, Ashley Young quotes from his time at Inter Milan with uh, yeah. Antonio Conte last season? Mm. <sighs> They're going to run. Yeah. They're going to run. Yeah. He said the, work, the yeah. amount of running and running of the team and make mm. them fitter and run and run and harder and harder and harder until they can hardly flip and stay on their feet, that's what they've got coming up. So physical, fitter, groove system of play, that's what they're going to have immediately. And some of these players are not going to be used to it, Rob. Right. Some of them are not, going to have the, some are not going to have the belly for it. And, and the ones that won't, I'll tell you now, he'll shift you to the side. Absolutely. You, you, you won't be for with him because he wants, he's going to want people in games that are going to see things out for 90 minutes. He needs, he needs a structure in his team. He's already talked about, I think he's looking at players down the spine and, uh, that's where, you know, the, the January transfer window, he's got a couple of 
players, I believe, in, in, in Italy. He, he yeah, I think Frank Kesse, Kesse is one, the Ivory Kese, Coast. Yeah. I, I yeah. did him, I, he was in the Olympics. So I watched him closely there. AC Milan, good player, mid central midfield yeah. player, very, very good. Um, obviously, got he's got a great network and, and, and knowledge of, of the Italian game, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and the other big thing, Rob, uh, just quickly touching on is, is how does he deal with Harry Kane? How's he how's he get the great goal scorer back well, on track? Well, I, I, you know, again, reports and stuff. We, you know, apparently Harry Kane wants to stay. He's enthused. He's encouraged with a new manager, and and maybe it's going to get him uh, get him revved up again. You know, by the way, the last game against United, Rob, I was thinking like today. Maybe they already knew. Maybe the team. Maybe they all already knew there was a change coming. Nuno yeah, no, was, go, was going. Yeah, Nuno's going. There's a new manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, listen, that's total ridiculous yeah. speculation for me. But sometimes this stuff just doesn't happen in the, in the space of a few hours overnight. Mm. And I know I'm not. I'm not saying that. But no, you're absolutely right, Delhi. So Delhi, as well as another player, and my understanding is that he's a brilliant athlete. That he can run up and down. He's one of the best in preseason. Yeah. He, he, I mean, oh. Arturo Vidal type of player that mm-hmm. you know, he he is a player that I think Conte will love will yeah, love to yeah, use yeah. will mm-hmm. want to get the best of him of course Kane as well he's got Kane he's got Lucas who can run he's got Xiaomin's uh, son. son yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I mean Pierre Emile Hoiber Rob not a brilliant footballer but mm-hmm. kind of a, a Conte Stolly, he's a Conte type of yeah. player you have yeah. Romero I think you will like Ollie Skip you like Skip Look, I think he'll Skip, skip. Sergio Regalong on the left hand side is more of a wing back it just mm-hmm. is right wing back Emerson Royal. I mean, f- not maybe not that many expensive parts needs to be brought in. Um, and going back to the money side of it, Robin, I, I did a ton of research and I looked back at, at, Ty, at his previous clubs. And yeah, he spent some money at Chelsea. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that he spent the money though. I think the club spent the money. They're going yeah. for a period of bringing lots of players in, mm-hmm. and he fell out with Chelsea because he wanted to have more say in who comes in. Well, Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as though he demanded money to be spent at Chelsea. They spent money, yes, and he used it pretty well. Juventus, he didn't. Juventus, when he turned that club around from nothing yeah. for a long period of time to win in the Scudetto, didn't spend much money. Inter, yes, on uh, Ericsson and Lukaku. Yeah, yeah. But again, he's more, for me, than a manager that only does well spend spending money. money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how many yeah. managers are out there, Rob, that spent a ton of money spend and money. still don't, don't do don't anything? He's yeah, more, more, more than a money-spending coach for me. And that's why I'm excited. We're going to get answers, Robbie Earl. We're going to yeah, get answers. We're going to find out about this group. Everything. From, from, about the day, everything. From, the, from the day with Pochettino and this football club. And what they've got now, Rob, is a top six coach. We're going to find out if Spurs are a top six club. Because this guy will can drag can drag you to. There's that. no excuses, mate. No, there's no, no. there's no, nothing else from he, us in the studio. He, 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 oh, I'm not sure if it's the players or the manager. We know it's he, not going to be the manager. He's, he's not potch football, but he's potch coach with silverware. Yeah, he, he's that caliber of different coach level with yeah. silverware. So now, as you say, we're we're, we're going to find out. And, and also, Rob, um, last thing before I forget, mm. just also in terms of money in that national team of Italy, 2016 Euros. Yeah. Yeah. Did really well. Lost, I think, to mm. Germany in the quarterfinals, I think, on penalties. But he did a great job. Nothing to do with money. Yeah. International football. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a... I mean, at the start, I thought, you know what? Nah, maybe it's not a perfect kind of marriage. You know, Man United would have been an easier job for him. Um, but I, I I think it's going to be incredibly interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun what, to see what he, they can do. 
if he has a if he has a good eighteen good first year, Manchester United might be knocking that door and oh. looking to extend that contract. So oh, let's wait yeah. and see in in the in the new round. But yeah, looking forward to that one. Antonio Conte uh, at Spurs. We'll get to find out a little bit about them. Just in in, in closing, mate, we we've got to talk about Unai Emery and the Newcastle job because it was sort of reported and broke yesterday that Unai Emery was the 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 number one target for for Newcastle to lead them out with the new Saudi ownership um, away from relegation and, and start the building blocks, I think, for, for this football club. And maybe against many people's um, thoughts, Unai Emery stated that he's 100% committed to Villarreal. He thought that he was grateful for the in- interest of a great club, but he's grateful to stay at the club that he's had. Got a good relationship with the club, apparently. His family are back in Villarreal. They're in the Champions League. I don't think he liked how this story was broke out of a Champions League game and, and probably just looked at Newcastle and thought, is this what I need right now in my career? I mean, basically, he's going from a Champions League campaign to a relegation fight. I hear you. But I'm still a bit surprised. A bit surprised. I hear you. Make a, you know, hmm. Champions League football to a relegation fight. But isn't it? Isn't it? appealing Rob in terms of a longer term situation the way the club could be going I'm sure he'd back himself he knows English football I thought it was yeah. a, I, I didn't mind it I thought it was a I thought it was a, a good shout Unai Emery he's proved himself yeah. he is a good manager mm-hmm. and we have yeah, since seen that Arsenal Arsenal was mm-hmm. a different Arsenal it was a dying a death Arsenal that he was in charge of and uh, Mikel Arteta to be fair uh, had this huge transition yet to kind of perform, and now we've seen a new Arsenal which looks better. Yeah, so mm. tough to really. I mean, at the time it was like, wow, what is he doing with this Arsenal side? Yeah. But now we know that the team is is is, is pretty awful. I thought he would have gone for it, and I, and I just yeah. wonder if he might regret it at some point in the future, Rob, that he could be managing a, a incredible club yeah. with with amazing financial backing that he could have had an incredible adventure with. He's not decided to do it. Um, I think it's a bit of a blow. I think, I think of all the people out there, I kind of I kind of liked it as an appointment. Um, but yeah, so he's he's he turned it down. It looks like he's turned it down, which is is still surprising. And yeah. that probably that probably leaves Eddie Howe, Rob, isn't it? Is the last guy standing that probably will end up taking it again, which I don't mind. Well, it. Yeah, I, I like Eddie Howe a lot. It seems to be, and but you know, very different in in Howe in in Emery. It's interesting, Rob, because you talked about, you know, you were a little surprised and that it was, it's a great opportunity, is it one he regrets? I think there's a slight reality w- with someone like Unai Emery, who probably knows it's a stepping stone. He's not the guy who's going to be the, 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 the it guy been, who goes Rob. on to riches. It I don't think been. he's a guy. No, I don't think if, so. If he does well enough to, 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 to pull him out of trouble and yeah. the fans like him, he gets some more money, they gradually improve the quality of the squad. I think he could have been there for a while. Do you? I, yeah. I'm not sure he's the, he's the big global kind no. of a, a guy that, that, that this this club will probably want. When you think a City end up with Pep, I'm not sure. And I don't really know I, if he thinks I, I, he needs to go through that two years or three years build, how much that enhances his reputation. I, I don't know. You, you could be right. Listen, it, it's Newcastle, it's a lot of money. But it, it makes me think that this job might not quite be what, everybody thought of when it when it first happened. Every week that this team continue to not win games, every this this team continue to fight relegation, Rob, if we get to Christmas, we get to Christmas and they're down there again, this might be a real fight to get in. You can bring in so many players at Christmas. 
you can work with the same group that you've got. And, and I had a little look. Let me tell you in December who they play. Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Everton in December before we get to the January window. This team might have another five or six points by then. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, there, there's obviously a short-term emergency, <laughs> emergency situation going Big on right now. Big Sam Allardyce, get him on the oh, phone. Oh, blimey, get no, blimey. Get him to the end of the season. Keep you in the league and then let's have some time to think about it. I mean, there's going to be horrendous panic uh, yeah, uh, over the next few weeks, Rob. I mean, like with that fixture that situa- situation going on, they got to get a new manager in there. ASAP, Eddie Howe. Hmm. I don't risk, know. Risk, it, Rob, it's a risk, isn't it? it, it well, a risk. I think anybody's a risk. Anybody that's going to walk in that door is going to be a risk because anybody who's kind of is 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 standing is is a load higher than that is not going to mm. take it. So anybody no, who's going to no. take it, you're going to have a little bit of doubt whether it's Unai Emery or it's going to Eddie Howe. Frank Lampard yeah. would have been a risk. Anybody's going to be a risk. So it's just they're going to have a a, a very difficult few weeks and months trying to get out of relegation issue. Uh, the situation down there because they have to stay in the league and that's what makes it crazy interesting to see how they're going to do it. If you if you fancy it again back to Uno Emery, if he mm-hmm. fan, if he if he's confident in himself, you know it, it, it's a short term problem, yes, but the longer term potential, oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I I would I would I, would, I again I'm a little surprised that he hasn't he hasn't done it. Maybe maybe they can resurrect it, but yeah, but yeah. I don't think so. They can get the dream team. Salah Allardyce as manager. Oh, Tony Pulis as, as assistant. Oh, God. Neil, Neil Warnock as head coach. Oh, brilliant. Perfect. Yeah, you got Chris Wilder, Chris, Chris Wilder, first Chris, team Chris coach. Chris Wilder, first team coach or physio. I mean, you got brilliant. it all there. Experience, know-how, stay in the league. Lump it. Lump it forward. Perfect. Lump it forward, stay in the league, and then go on to your riches in your Champions League. Listen, mate, we've got to wrap it up there. Yeah. A good old chat and a good week of Champions League football for the Premier team. Manchester City, Liverpool and Chelsea all win and United grab a valuable duel courtesy of another rescue act from Ronaldo. We'll be back on Sunday, that's the 7th of November and we'll look back at Match Week 11 review all those games, including the big one. Yeah, it's Red v Blue, it's United v City, it's the Manchester Dog. But for now, I'm out. He's Musty together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night for me. And it's good night for him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.